welcome to Get Your Book Done. I'm your host, Christine Closer, a Wall Street Journal and USA Today bestselling author, award-winning publisher, and book writing coach to thousands. I love helping aspiring nonfiction authors write, publish, and promote their best books because there's nothing more powerful than writing a book to transform your life, your readers' lives, your business, and ultimately the world with your message. So let's get started. Welcome to today's episode of the Get Your Book Done podcast, where we're going to be talking about how authorship can transform crisis into opportunity. And if we've ever been living in a time of crisis, just take a look at all of the you know, situations and upheavals and risings that we are facing in our world today. This is a time of crisis, and I believe it is also a great time of opportunity, and authorship can be a part of that mix in very powerful ways. So I'm very excited to have with me today, Pete Wynarski. Um, he's going to tell you a pretty amazing story of how he transformed this crisis into opportunity in a matter of like, I don't know six weeks in terms of birthing a book. So we've got a really great show for you in store today. For those of you that don't know Pete, Pete is the founder and the CEO of Win Enterprises LLC, which is a service company that helps business leaders achieve outstanding performance, profit, and peace of mind as they transform, one of my favorite words, as they transform themselves, their teams, and their companies. Pete is also a speaker, a workshop leader, the host of the Business Results Radio podcast, and the author of multiple best-selling books on leadership, team impact, business transformation, goal achievement, and also high-integrity consulting. So we are super blessed to have Pete with us today. Welcome to the show, Pete. Thank you, Christine. And I, I'm really blessed to be here. Thanks for inviting me. Always my pleasure. Now, I did not tell you the first question I'm going to ask you as we prepared for the podcast today, but I always like to kick it off by finding out how did you land in authorship? Childhood dream, you know, came to you in a moment of divine inspiration. Like, how did you land in this world of authorship? Everyone has a story, and I'd love to hear a little bit of yours. Oh, sure. Yeah. So I had a sense. I didn't have the goal as a kid necessarily to be an author, but I had a sense that it was about sharing what I had learned and what I know. And, you know, over, over a period of time, as I got more clear with myself and what my purpose on this planet is, it, it did bring out that sense of sharing what I've learned. And so with that, I had this idea that getting, getting books done was part of how I would execute that, how I would share. And, you know, my, my first book was actually a children's book, which was more, it was almost a dry run, right? Because it was, it was playful. It was with the, the kids were young at the dining room table and um, sounds and, like fun. <laughs> yeah. We just kind of invented it. And then it took like two or three years to you know, create it. I, I actually then got into like the first book and then that worked pretty well. And it was a bunch of years, probably three or four years later. And then there was another and another. So now I feel like I've finally figured it out. <laughs> <laughs> so for all of you first timers out there who are like, why is this such a process, right? It took a few books for Pete to figure it out. So don't beat yourself up if you're new to the game and you're like, what the heck? How come it's not done yet? How come it's not out there? Like, what is this, you know, time consuming process all about? Goodness, yes. 
And uh, yeah, it is. I always tell my clients like it is a it's a process. You're it's you know bringing a book to life is like a birth, and you don't want to rush a birth. Like it takes some time to unfold. But we're going to hear a little bit of a different story today, as well as terms of how you did move a, a book birth along somewhat quickly. We'll get to that in just a moment. But anything you want to add to your story before I ask you my next question? Well, just simply that. I feel like I'm aligned with what I'm here to do. You know, I don't want to be cliche about it, but I feel like I'm aligned with my purpose when I am creating and writing and getting a book out. And the same is true when I'm, you know, presenting from a stage or teaching people, et cetera. There's an alignment there. And if you have that alignment, you know it. And so that makes the process easier as you go. So would you say that this concept of alignment, it is certainly something that I talk with all of my clients about was the writing their books, the importance of aligning, because I know the pain. If anyone of you out there knows my story, you know that I know the pain of writing a book that I wasn't necessarily aligned with that wasn't right for me. So would you say that this concept of alignment is sort of something that guides you overall in your business and your life? And if so, are there other sort of principles that you find guide you in this process of, you know, living in alignment and serving in alignment and creating an alignment? Yeah. And let me, let me admit that I also took a stab at writing a book that I didn't feel the alignment with. And that book never finished, right? It never, it never came to be. And the misalignment there was I felt the pull to be an author. I had not written any books yet at this point in time. And I was following a, a, you know, a routine where it's like, okay, I'm going to write so many pages per day or per week. And the passion was gone. It wasn't there. It was, it was missing. It wasn't gone. It wasn't there in the first place. Mm. And so that's when you don't have alignment, it's harder. It's like you have, it's your, you're canoeing on a stream or a river and the river is flowing and you're going against the flow rather than with the flow. And that's what that felt like not being in alignment. The part of your question about, well, how do you know, or what do you, what do you do to stay in alignment or, or remind yourself what alignment looks like? That's part of my daily routine of, of meditating. And I actually, you know, I'll, I'll share that, you know, my essential life purpose, the way I describe it is to share what I've learned to help enable people to experience more fun, freedom and fulfillment in their lives. And so I have actually put alarms on my phone, which I've silenced you know, during the course <laughs> of this podcast. But I, I have alarms that I set through the day that are just reminders and they just say fun, freedom, fulfillment, right? And I, it, it's a check. Am I aligned with my purpose right now with what I'm doing? And mm. it's just little triggers. Beautiful. What a great practice. Yeah. Thank really you. You know, I think- practice. Um, and I'll credit Brendan Burchard on that one. You know, Brendan, um, you know, in his book, High Performance Habits, that was something that I, I picked out of there. And I'm like, oh my goodness, that's a great idea. And so a few months ago, I, I keyed it into my phone. So it, it's uh, the- Can I, hold on, just pause for a moment because I just have to say, Pete, right? Isn't that a beautiful example of the power of books? Like here hey. we are, right? and this is why we write books because at some point in the future, as long as you write that book and you keep going and you are aligned with it and you end up getting it published and it's out in the world, 
Like, may there be a time for all of you listening that there's someone on a podcast going, yeah, well, I read this person's book and like, I got this key principle out of it. Like, I don't know if you know Brenda Burchard personally or not, but nonetheless, like there are so many people reading so many books being impacted on such a deep level. They'll be talking about it, you know, months, years, sometimes decades later. And I just, I wanted to just take a moment to point out like that right there is why you're listening to a podcast called Get Your Book Done, because you want to be that person who has that kind of impact on your readers. So just a little side note to all of you listeners, pay attention to those things. That could be you. We could be quitting you next. <laughs> and that's, that's so ideal. And it is about, you know, Brendan doesn't know that I did that, but he impacted me that way. And maybe something that I've written impacts other people. And that's why we do it. That is why we do it. So let's kind of shift gears here a little bit to what we're talking about today in terms of how authorship can transform crisis into opportunity. Because you started working on a book at the end of March and it was available by mid-May. We're talking six weeks. And that came out of the crisis that we're currently facing um, in the one, one of the crises that we're currently facing in this world. And I would love for you to talk about how, you know, you used authorship to really transform one of our global crises, COVID, into an opportunity, not only for yourself, but for other people as well. Right. And, you know, Christine, you, we all had this situation where things really tipped upside down on our plans as people in March. So what happened for us, we, our, our company went enterprises, we were planning some, some product launches of some, some new ways to support clients. And we help business leaders and size of company, you know, from, you know, rather small all the way up to, you know, billion revenue size. So it's quite a range and we were ready to go. We're ready to go launch this thing. And then all of a sudden, the world is distracted. And now everyone's being sent home and told to stay in their houses. And yet they're still working. People are turning on Zoom for the first time. You know, how do I make this thing work? And my business partner, David Tweet, and I, who's also the co-author of this book, we, we had a conversation and we said, well, we're not launching this other thing because it'll, it'll just be a bomb. It won't work. It'll just, it'll be a dud. So what do we do? And what's the biggest question or challenge or pain that people are having right now? And of course, it very easy to see. It was how do, how do you work from home productively? I'm going crazy. How do I not spend from sun up to sun down working? Because now it's easy to do that. I'm, I'm available at all hours. Or how do I know if I'm a leader, I still have expectations that my boss is holding on my, over my shoulders. And mm -hmm. how do I make sure my team is actually doing stuff? And how do I communicate with them? And how do I help them? And so that whole challenge about being a remote worker or a virtual team member and leading a team was the topic that we sunk our teeth into. So Christine, at this point, there's still no plan to do a book. That wasn't the plan. The plan was how, how can we support people in this challenge? So we designed a framework around it. We created a video and launched a webinar around it. And then said, well, let's create some exercises that can be helpful that people can really, you know, they'll, they'll watch the webinar, they'll do the exercises, and that will be a way for them to personalize the advice so that they can actually act on it. 
Mm -hmm. It's like me grabbing that tidbit from Brendan Burchard and putting now having my reminders on my phone. Well, that's taking action. It's one thing to learn something, but you have to put it into action. So people were stuck. We said, let's give them some exercises. Well, the exercises by themselves became, well, let's write some content around the exercises to explain them a little bit better. And our marketing team was pushing us and said, you got to get something out quick. Let's go. So this is, you can imagine heads down time. You know, this is at a point, Christine, where there's people who are like, yay, I'm working from home now. I've got lots of freedom. And <laughs> you know, <laughs> I had my head down and I was just cranking, creating material. And next thing you know, I had about a hundred pages of eight and a half by 11 word document. Interesting. Here's what I love though. I just want to backtrack for one sec before you move forward in the story um, about how you used authorship to sort of transform this crisis into, uh, well, one of late, like, like I said, one of these crises into opportunity, but you were asking yourself some very powerful um, sort of curiosity based and, and heart and service based questions too often I find that when people make it about, you know, them and their book, and it's all about them, 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 it's like they lose this connection to why they're doing what they're doing and who they're doing what they're doing for. And I find the more connected you are to the person that you're writing to, to the person that you want to serve, to the challenge that you see people facing that you know you can help them overcome and find a solution for, the more you're connected to that, I find that that really helps creativity just blossom and open and flourish. And all of these ideas can then start coming through because you're not trying to just figure something out in your head about what you think you should be writing a book about. It's this whole other experience of like service and making a difference. And when you're tapped into that, I'm not surprised to hear you had a hundred, you know, eight and a half by 11 typed pages of content to share because of where you were coming from. You know, one of the key questions I ask my clients in my Get Your Book Done program is, you know, what problem or problems does your book solve, you know, for your ideal reader? And so, yeah, it doesn't surprise me at all how much content you came up with, given the, the powerful questions you were asking yourself. Yeah. And it, it, because we were solving a problem for somebody, right? We're like, people are struggling with this. How do we help them? And the layers of answers to that became, okay, so here's, you know, you know, there's five P's of effective virtual teams. So P number one, how do we explain that? And the exercises that support that, what do these exercises look like? And in the back of our minds was the person who grabs this, will, will they be able to easily digest it and turn it into something that's helpful for them? And what we were writing was in essence, answering that and helping that exercise for them to be an easy one for them to solve. So it was absolutely because it, it's so easy to help when someone calls and says, Hey, I'm stuck on this. Can you help me? It's easy to help them with that way easier than if you had the identical thing, you might blow it off and not even try, but being of service to someone else, you're motivated to do what it takes. So that's where we were with, with this writing exercise, Christine, you know, it was one where before it was the concept of a book and it was more of a workbook and an exercise. 
And it was, you know, how quickly can we get this thing out into people's hands? And you know what it looks like when you're in creation mode, right? You, you really head down, you take breaks, but you, you know, the, the majority of my day was let's get content created. Let's get content created. So if I can, one thing I noticed in the process was when we got to the point where we had now a hundred pages of content and we had to figure out, well, what do we do with this? That's where I took a step back. Having been an author before, I had the opportunity to look at this and say, interesting, we've got so much content here that we could turn this into a book and now release this in multiple venues, multiple angles to take relative to getting the book out there into the world. And so we started thinking of converting this hundred-ish pages. You know, mentally, I know that to have a good spine with, you want to have at least 120 pages and you know, figured out what it would be trim size, figured out what do I take out because it doesn't really flow in a book? What do I add because it would enhance the book? And next thing you know, that's where we had a full set of content. So what I want to point out, and this is something you said sort of just a few minutes ago in your, um, in your sharing of your story, and that is this concept of head down. Not a single one of you will become a published author without spending some time head down, right? Focus on doing the work, on creating. Like you said, you were just focused on creating the content. And like while the world was slowing down, right? A lot of like, oh, I have more time on my hands and I don't have to go to work and maybe I'll take up gardening or cooking or whatever the things are, you know, putting together an old, you know, classic car, who knows what people were doing during that time, but you were head down in content creation mode, which is required for every single person who wants to become a published author, whether you are doing it in, you know, six weeks, like Pete and his partner did it in six weeks in this time of crisis, or you're, you know, you're, you're luxuriating in time to write your book at a time that it doesn't feel like it's so time sensitive based on what's happening in our world. No matter what, like you got to spend that spend that heads down time. So I just wanted to point that out, Pete, because you know we have people who love the idea of being an author way more than they like the actual sitting down, head down, and getting to work. You know, letting that creation come through. So I just wanted to point that out there. So I am curious. You have multiple books, as I mentioned earlier when I was introducing you, that you've published you know, from a children's book through your leadership books and all of that. Do you have any specific tips to share? And I'm curious if you have any tips specifically related to, you know, writing a book at this time and this time of crisis and really creating opportunity both, you know, for you and more importantly for your readers versus the books that maybe you luxuriated a little bit more. But what, what do you want to share mm. with our authors about maybe the difference between the two and, and any tips for writing? Right. Well, certainly we talked about alignment a, a bit ago. And so yes. that's, that's one for sure. You know, if you're aligned with what it, what matters to you, what you want to get out there in the world, then it's easier. If you're solving a problem for someone and you're feeling compelled to do what you can to help solve that problem, it helps you with the speed, right? So you, it's not in, in the case of this example, it was, we've got to help people now. And so it was, I felt compelled to work into the evening and, you know, 
through the day and pick it up the next day and work on the weekend until I had it done. If it was a quote unquote side project and I'm going to kick back and like, you know, I feel like working on the, I'm going to work on my book today. And, you know, there's the, that burning platform, if you will, of people need this and they need it now. How quickly can I help them? Isn't there. So, and, and there's not an issue that's not a wrong, it's not, it's not bad to do it that way. It's simply two different modes. And in the mode for this particular book, for virtual teams that thrive, it was all about people are virtual teams right now and they're struggling right now. So how quickly can we do it? So that was the, you know, the, that urgency, if you will. And I love the word that you used was a world. You said you were compelled, you know, waking up early, staying up late, working on this book. And I kind of believe that every author in their experience of birthing a book, whether it is in a time of crises or in more of luxurious time of creation, if you don't feel that sense of being compelled in some way, shape or form, you've got to do this. Chances are you actually might be writing the wrong book or maybe it's the wrong timing for that book. So I just want to highlight the you know word choice that you use there because I understand it. Many of my clients understand this compulsion um, to like, I have to get this out. Like I've got to do it. And you find the time even when you don't have time because your heart and your soul are committed to this project. So I just want to make sure everyone really pick, picks that up, the value of uh, feeling compelled to write. Yes, for sure. And you know, there's nothing wrong with however you do your process, right? So I, I want to you know, call attention to that because everyone has what works for them and you should figure out what works for you. What worked for me in this case, I wouldn't necessarily recommend working as hard as I did you know, in such a compressed <laughs> period of time. It was what I felt was necessary because I was called to hurry and get it done so that you know, we can get it out there. If I had a more relaxed due date and timeline, I would have certainly relaxed my pace. You know, someone asked me recently, how did you get it done so quickly? And yes, we had, you know, because it wasn't our first book, we had a really clear idea of, you know, things like what we wanted the interior design to look like and the cover. And, you know, those are all exciting processes to get done for any, any author and and whether it's your first book or your hundredth book, it's always cool to see cover design options and like, oh yeah, that's the one, that's it. This was just like, it was like, yeah, that's the one. Let's celebrate for 10 seconds and then jump back and let's get back to work. Yeah. So I don't necessarily recommend working as hard as we did. Go ahead and enjoy the process a little bit. And And actually I look back, I worked hard and enjoyed the process. It was not an either or. I want to really emphasize that. I worked hard and enjoyed working hard. Well, because fun is one of your guiding words, right? Absolutely. Your phone's buzzing every now and then with that with that yes, reminder in right. there. So, yeah, yeah. The fun, freedom, and fulfillment. The fun was the process needs to be fun. The fulfillment is how did I make a contribution, and and that's what this was was driving towards. You know, a big contribution for the world. So that's how those two things balanced in there. So wonderful and so powerful. And I love that you share from both experiences of both, you know, doing something very quickly, um, which I also don't necessarily recommend because it can be a little bit intense, but, you know, also whether you're luxuriating or, or moving something forward quickly, you know, it does require that focus 
it does require that, you know, some degree of you're compelled to do this thing. And I love that you brought in the piece of fun. I think there's this, this image of, you know, writers, you know, struggling alone, you know, just tirelessly by the candlelight in the middle of the night to get these words onto the page. And it's like this whole, there's, I think some people like there's this drama and this story they're like, oh, you know, creating art, creating, you know, a book, whatever, that it has to be this, you know, challenging sort of process for it to be worth it. And that's so backwards. Like, I love that you bring the fun, the freedom and the fulfillment into this process of writing a book. So would you actually tell us a little bit about, you know, virtual teams that thrive, who might be, you know, who it's a really great book for? Of course, if you all go to the show notes, we have a link there for you to go and actually get some of the free exercises that accompany that book. But would you tell us just a little bit about, you know, what you birthed and how it is helping people transform crisis into opportunity. Like you did that as you wrote it, but now it's having impact out there because it's been out now for what, a couple months or so. So just tell us a little bit about that, that book and who it might be for and how it's helping people. Yeah. So the, the, the concept behind virtual teams that thrive is this framework of the five P's of effective virtual teams. And it's really giving you a quick download of some principles that include how to set up your physical space and what are those productivity behaviors and habits that you need to put in. And, you know, I won't give it all away, but you get the idea of here's some real practical things that end up with the net result where you can be more productive, which is one of the chief complaints that people have about working from home or remotely, wherever you are. And am I safe to assume that productivity is one of those five P's? Well, productivity is um, productivity behaviors is P number two. P number Absolutely. two. Got it. <laughs> yeah. And so, and I'll tell you, physical space is number one. And what's interesting is I've been standing at my stand up desk. I'm at my stand up desk right now as we do this interview. <laughs> standing yes, up. <laughs> yes. That's what I'm, you know, partly for, for the energy to keep the energy because energy is higher when you're standing. Yes. And, and, you know, moving versus sitting. But the ergonomics matter and carving out the space in your house matters. You know, there was a point just, you know, a month ago, you know, I have this home office space, which is in my basement. And thankfully it was already there. I needed a, an uplift, right? You can clean up and organize, but I had it already. But the rest of the house, you know, I've got my son who's in high school who claimed the dining room. He had the dining room table. My wife had the family room. She had a table in the family room and we carved out our spaces so that this, these were ours, we owned them. And this was when you quote unquote, you commute to work, you had a space to go to. A lot of people, the, what they were saying was, oh yeah, we were all, you know, we're all trying to sit in the kitchen at the same time. Oh boy. And, and that <laughs> doesn't work because work. mostly with like competing Zoom calls or something. But can you imagine, you know, your, your son or daughter on their high school Google classroom session and you've got to, all of a sudden your phone rings and you're sitting across the table from it. It's just, it's not fair for one. It's going to be unproductive for two stress inducing, you know, it, there's just a whole lot wrong with that. So the exercises that are in there that as associate with that section, that chapter that happens to be chapter four for P one physical space, it enables you to make some choices deliberately about carving up your space. So let me ask you a quick question then. 
Would there be value for our listeners who maybe don't have a virtual teams, but they're working virtually, you know, they're, maybe they're a solo operation or maybe they have one assistant that they're working with and they are, you know, at home now, they're not commuting, they're not going to the regular job. Maybe they do have more time. Would this free resource that we have available and the information that you're providing over in the show notes be valuable for those people that don't necessarily have virtual teams, but are just working virtually? Yes, absolutely. 100%. Because you as a remote worker are still struggling with your sanity. You still have to produce results for for somebody, for a boss or whomever. um, And you got to do it productively. So yes, these will help you to do that. Fantastic. Well, I want to thank you so much for sharing your story today about how authorship can transform crisis into opportunity. And some of you who are having the work at home virtual crisis as we you know, move through all the things that we're moving through in our world today, some of you might be grateful that you have the opportunity now today to learn um, about Pete, learn about his book, learn about the free resources that he has available for you over in the show notes and to help your working from home virtually or your writing from home virtually. Some of you I know are, you know, some of you are retired and you're just at home and now is your time to write your book. So uh, even there, there's going to be some good, um, I think, tips for you in what Pete has put together with his, uh, with his business partner and writing partner for this book. So um, anything you want to say in closing, Pete, as we round out the show here? Well, one, I'm grateful to you for inviting me. Thank you. And for all of your listeners who are all authors, seasoned or budding authors, you can do it. And it's just a matter of picking your project, feeling passion, find the passion in it, and just make a little progress every day and you'll get there. Oh, I couldn't agree more. The only way that people's books don't get done is if they stop working on their books. So keep going and you'll get there. Great advice for us to end the show on today. I want to thank you, Pete, for your time, your energy, and everything that you shared with our audience today. And for all of you that are listening, thank you as always for being here for the Get Your Book Done podcast. I look forward to seeing you, hearing you, talking with you the next time. And in the meantime, happy writing, everyone. Bye for now. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Get Your Book Done. Be sure to check out the show notes for links to everything we talked about today. And if you want my help with your book, head over to christinecloser.com to learn more and get a free copy of my book, The Transformation Quadrant, which will show you how to blueprint your book in 15 minutes or less. The Get Your Book Done podcast is where the leading conversation is happening for transformational authors everywhere. And I'm grateful you tuned in.